Well, hello, teachers, and welcome back to another episode of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Caitlin here with you guys. And Jessica. Hey, everybody. Happy April. We're moving into spring. I love it. I hear birds chirping outside. It's sunny right now. It feels so nice. I can't wait to wear, I know this sounds so silly, but I have like dresses that I just haven't worn, like summery springtime dresses. I can't wait to start wearing them again. I love it. Our birthdays are coming, Caitlin. We love spring. It's so nice. Yes. Here. And as we head into April, we're really excited because toward the end of the month on April 18th, we put together what we're calling the easy week experience. And, you know, back in February, we did a survey of, you know, a bunch of different teachers, middle school teachers, probably you filled it out. And we just wanted to see, you know, where you are, what's going on, like, how are you feeling? What support do you need? And time and time again, we started to see, you know, I just feel like I'm surviving right now. I'm just barely making it through the day to day. I really need help engaging my students. So we saw like a lot of those same themes over and over again. And so as a team, we sat down and we're like, okay, what can we do for our community to really support them as we get towards the end of the year, bring back that excitement into teaching so that we don't feel like we're just surviving, but we're actually like excited to go to school. We feel supported. We're not working extra hard. And so we put together what we're calling the easy week experience that opens up April 18th. Jess, do you want to like speak into a little more about what it is that we're doing? Sure. So picture like a five-day challenge, but challenge sounds like a lot of work and it's not because we want this to be easy. So we're actually going to be providing you with resources that we loved to use in our classroom that provided our students with, you know, good quality transformations. They actually got their work done. They were excited. So we want to give you those same resources and we want you to use them in your own classroom. That's why we call it a challenge because we actually want you to participate. So in our Facebook group, we're going to be sharing these resources, giving you information about how to best utilize them in your classroom. And then you can win fun prizes just for participating. It's not like you need to get certain results. Just use the resource, print it, use it digital, whatever you want to do, use it and go. And you can win a prize. It's so easy. Yeah, it's going to be really fun. And I'm so excited about it because the way that we set it up, if you're familiar with us, we used um, we use the into, through, and beyond approach as a part of our lesson planning framework. And so we set up the Easy Week experience to fall within that particular framework. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, go back into our March podcast episodes and listen to the most four recent episodes. We talk all about our lesson planning framework, the into, what that means, through, beyond, et cetera. Um, and so it's really just a great way to utilize the resources we're giving you with any unit that you're teaching, any literature, you could even use them with poetry. It's just a great way to kick things off um, as we head into spring and towards the end of the year and just this positive, supportive, um, really community type experience for you. So to sign up for that, again, it's 100% free. Go to ebacademics.com forward slash easy week <laughs> and you'll get all the details for signing up, the link to join the Facebook group. And we're opening the Facebook group on April 18th. It'll be five days, Monday through Friday with us. And we are just so excited. We cannot wait. We love doing our pop-up Facebook groups. So much fun. Oh, fun. I agree. So with that said, it's April, right? It is poetry month. So why the heck not talk about poetry on the podcast, right? And yeah. actually something I love to teach. And I know some teachers have a lot of resistance to teaching poetry. It can sometimes be challenging. And we actually both have really interesting stories as students um, when it comes to poetry. Do you want to share yours first? Yeah, I was actually just telling Caitlin this before we hit record. 
um, at the school I went to, we had a poetry contest every spring and you had to, you know, everyone had to enter. It was mandatory. And you wrote a poem, there were judges, you got selected, all that good stuff. But I remember very clearly in fourth grade writing a poem about marshmallows of all things. Like, I don't even, who knows why, but that was my poem. And I remember my teacher, Mrs. Everett, who I loved, but she was like, that's not a poem. You can't enter that. And I was heartbroken. Like I'd worked hard on this thing. I probably was, well, I was a very shy student at that age. And that was hard for me to like express myself through poetry, even though it was a silly topic. Um, but when she told me that it really was devastating to me and I hated then participating in that contest every year. And so when I became a teacher and I knew, you know, poetry was going to be part of my curriculum, it was really important to me that my students did not feel that pressure and that intimidation from poetry. Mm -hmm. So I know you were similar in this. I was never going to grade them on their content in their poems, their feelings that came out in their poems. I wanted them to be able to express themselves freely. And instead we focused more on the, you know, the rhyme scheme, the style of the poem. That's where we spent our time analyzing and studying. So I taught poetry, like we analyzed poetry. And of course they did write their own, but it was really important to me to keep it fun, to keep it light so that they enjoyed it. I would hate them to come to class and be like, oh, poetry. You know, I didn't totally. want that. Yeah, no, we don't want that for our students. And I think sometimes we feel that way as teachers too, because I'm I'm willing to bet a lot of people had the same experience you did. I know mm -hmm. I did in college, in a college poetry class as a Ugh. junior, and I loved poetry. I wrote poetry all the time, and it was such a great way for me to express my emotions. And I got a B in that class, and I got Bs on these poems that like were about my relationship with my dad growing up and like my travels and all of these things that were so important to me. And I was so offended by that, like I just had a really hard time, like grade me on my rhyme scheme or grade me on my inability right. to include a metaphor like he wanted me to, but not on the content of my poem. And so I did the same exact thing with my students. It's not about, you know, the expression of who you are that I'm grading. It's, did you include, you know, the things that I wanted you to include that were a part of what we're assessing. And so I think that talking now about poetry stations, which is what this episode is about, um, is really helpful to give students a way to approach poetry in a non-intimidating way. Because um, I think a lot of students have this resistance to, to poetry, that it's hard, or I don't yes. understand it, or it's so abstract. It's just this difficult thing. And so we love poetry stations, particularly for those reasons. For sure. And um, it's important to note that we aren't going to be talking today about, you know, writing your own poetry. We'll save that for future episodes. This is really about analyzing others' poems. And I think when we can do it through the lens of like, students are almost playing detective. Like we're going to solve the mystery of this poem. We're going to uncover interesting facts about it. It really is enlightening for them and they can have fun with it. And that's what these stations do. They make it like a challenge for them. And I just love it. Yes, I do too. And so the birth of this uh, idea, just so you guys know where it came from, you know, I taught seventh and eighth grade English, taught high school English, et cetera. And we spent a lot of time analyzing poetry and kind of when we're in our poetry unit, I felt like it was becoming redundant. We were starting to do the same things with every poem, you know, we're reading it together a couple of times. Each time we're looking at it through a different lens. This time we're going to read it. We're looking for a rhyme scheme. This time we're going to read it. We're looking for symbolism, whatever. And so I was like, I got to switch things up. This is starting to get boring. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I went to Jessica. I'm like, we've got to have poetry stations. Like my students need this. I need them up and moving around the classroom. I want them making their own connections. And so we sat down together and we came up with five different stations for analyzing a poem that all tackle different aspects 
of a poem. So think of it as students are taking their little poem with them and they're going to the first station, which is on a particular um, aspect that they're looking at the poem. And they do that whole, and we'll give you some examples and we'll go into detail in a second. And they read that poem just through that lens. And then they go to station number two and they look at the poem through a different lens. They're asking different types of questions. And it's just a great way to get students up and moving, having conversations with their classmates, deciphering the poems on their own with guidance from these stations. Um, so that when we come back together as a whole group at the end and we talk about the poem, there are all these different ideas and students are so much more apt to participate in the class discussion because they've already taken notes. They've already studied the poem five different times. And now they can have these rich, meaningful conversations in class. I love that. It's so true that discussions you have after using stations are so much richer because their work leading up to it was so focused, right? Like they had a very specific task. It's kind of like that detective thing I was talking about earlier, a very specific task to solve or to uncover through the lens of the poem. And it just makes the discussion so much more interesting because they can bring value to it. So the stations we used with our own students, um, there were five of them. And I'm going to walk you through each of them so that you can replicate this in your own classroom. So the five stations are the unknown, the retelling, the questioning, the theme, and the unnoticed. So we set those five stations up around the classroom and literally like they have a sign and it says those titles on them. And then what we do is we give students a lot more direction at each station so that they can take this activity and run with it on their own. So I'll walk you through, for example, what's at the unknown station, that very first one. And it doesn't matter where students start. They can start at any station. They don't have to go in order. But we tell them at that station one, the unknown, that when you're working through a poem, you may come across words, phrases, or even an entire sentence that you aren't familiar with, right? But in order to fully understand the poem and its deeper meaning, you'll need to familiarize yourself with those words, those phrases, and those sentences. So they read a little blurb about reminding them, you know, it's okay to not understand everything in the poem. And then we give them a checklist that they have to complete and go through the poems. So they're physically holding on to their poem. This can also be done digitally, but I'm going to pretend you're in the classroom. So you're holding on to your poem and you go through the checklist. So the first item on the checklist says, circle or underline words you're unfamiliar with. Then use a dictionary, use a thesaurus to find the definition, find the synonym, write it down on the poem. And we tell them, do this for every single word you don't know. Once they're done with that, they go to three other items on the checklist. So they're really working through all the unfamiliar aspects of the poem and annotating only that part of the poem. After 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you decide your students need, they can rotate to the next station. So in that case, it was the retelling, right? Here we have students summarize the poem, rewrite it in their own words, line by line or stanza by stanza. Again, there's a checklist for them. Then we have station three, the questioning. This is where students get to push the envelope just a bit and play devil's advocate, right? They get to question the poet and the poet's purpose. They might discover something fascinating that they wouldn't have normally considered. You know, what is this poem really about? Is the poet making a comment about something larger in society here? What might have influenced the poet to write this particular poem? So there's great discussion happening at that station. Station four, the theme. I love this because sometimes theme is so broad, right? Like, you get all teachers arguing, is one word a theme? Is it a thematic statement, right? How do I teach it? What's the best way? Well, we walk our students step-by-step step at this station about how to create a thematic statement 
using that particular poem. And they walk away with a very clear and concise statement that they can share with the class. And I love it because that's what leads to those rich discussions that Caitlin talked about earlier, right? What does the meaning of this poem really hold? And they use their themes to support their reasoning. And then station five is the unnoticed. So this is where they kind of just go through the poem, really focusing on things that they might not have noticed those first four times they looked at it, or even at their first reading, right? What's the title? What's the significance of the title? Who's the speaker? What's the tone of the poem? And again, we give them a very clear checklist to work through and take notes directly on their poem so that when they come back to the class discussion and we say, okay, let's dive in oh my goodness, they have so much to say. And it's almost like you have to rein them in a little bit and be like, okay, let's only talk about the theme for a minute or let's only talk about the title for a few minutes. So it's really cool how it gives them such focused work, but it's fun for them because they're uncovering all these hidden little gems throughout the poem. Yeah. And I think it's just such a great activity, even if it does take more time than it would Mm -hmm. for you to sit down and just annotate the poem with your students, which I actually do do first with uh, a sample poem before I send them off on their own to do this together. Um, just so they're very clear on the expectations of what they're supposed to do, but students get so much more out of that particular poem. And maybe let's say you don't get to study 10 poems, but you study five throughout the course of your poetry unit together. And each poem has a purpose or a significance. And poetry is just so cool. That last one that we were talking about station four, you know, when we're talking about things that are unnoticed and, you know, larger commentaries on society, like poetry has such per and so do stories, so do novels in class and, and uh, short stories, but poetry, I just feel like holds um, just such interesting social connections. You know, when we're talking about it in modern day, a poem from a hundred years ago or 200 years ago, there's still so much applicable meaning to what students are experiencing in their own lives, either socially, politically, whatever it might be. So I just, I think poetry is just so, so fascinating. And so after listening, we'd love to, for you to kind of reflect, you know, do you think your students dislike poetry or are they just overwhelmed and bored by it? And it's most likely the latter, right? You know, when we when we run into this with um, with the resources that we create, we're like, how can we make this really boring standard, like mm-hmm. reading for informational text seven point two? <laughs> how can we make that really engaging for our students? And when we provide that engagement for them for a particular standard that we're covering or a particular topic, and it's engaging they don't dislike the topic anymore. They don't dislike English class. They're stoked to come back to your classroom. And so I think it's really important for us to think about poetry, maybe in a different way, if we haven't been incorporating an element um, of, you know, engagement like poetry stations, as simple as this is, it's such a great concept and an easy thing to apply in your classroom. It is. And I think the beauty of it is the ripple effects you see when you try something like this, because hopefully you wouldn't do this just one time, right? Mm -hmm. The beauty of these stations is that you can use them with any poem. And so when you incorporate it into your classroom multiple times, you're going to see growth with your students. You're going to see them analyzing at a deeper level. So they're having fun, but now they're applying it to even more complex poetry, which is so cool. And then they really are meeting the standards. They're having fun. They're engaged. It's rigorous. 
all the things we love at EB. Yes. <laughs> and there is one other thing that I want to say that, that you could do with the stations after students have done them a couple of times with different poems is you can assign students to a station with one of your poems that you're studying and have them present to the class and they teach the class that particular station. Mm -hmm. Um, so that they're having just kind of a different, like switch it up a little bit is a great, um, adjustment for that particular activity. So this is actually a resource in our Teachers Pay Teachers store, or if you're an EB community member, if you're in our EB Teachers Club or EB Writing Program, you can get it in the EB shop for 30% off. So we'll include the link for you guys in the show notes to grab that resource if it's something that you're interested in, um, in just using what we already have and we've already put together because I've used it for years. My students love it. I know it works. Um, and we'd love for you to be able to utilize that as well. I do want to just remind everybody about our easy week experience happening this month towards the end of April. Facebook group opens April 18th. Go to evacademics.com forward slash easy week. We can't wait to see you there. Have a wonderful rest of your day, you guys. And we'll see you next week on the podcast. Bye everybody.